Welcome back. I have recorded 22 podcast episodes so far. And while that last one was a doozy and probably has a follow-up coming at some point down, down, down the road, I have struggled with this one a lot. And I think it's because I'm still in it. I'm still processing and I'm still working through it, but I don't want to wait any longer to share. So I guess I'm just asking for a little bit of grace this episode because I am definitely in my head about it. (laughs) No pun intended. Episode 23, what's in a diagnosis? It has taken me what feels like (laughs) and has quite literally been a lifetime for me to get here. (sighs) Hi, my name is Melissa. I'm an alcoholic (laughs) and I was diagnosed with ADHD at age 39. And there is a lot, a lot to unpack in just that fucking sentence right there. (laughs) Like a lifetime of trauma um, packed into that loaded sentence right there. So I'm going to do my best to unpack it for you. First, I'm going to start with how did I get here? Because I think it's worth mentioning and obviously um, it's my story so I have always struggled I've always felt that I was different I've always known I don't fit in right that's always been me Um, and in the last you know seven years of building my business I started to embrace these things And what you have over the last 22 episodes is growth, is growing through a lot of those struggles. And so if you were to go back and start at episode one and listen again, knowing, doing some research, it will all make sense to you too. So I'm not going to tell you about all the struggles. I'm sure I'll get to a lot of the things in episodes to come. And I've literally already recorded a lot of them, so you can go back and listen for yourself. But I am going to take it back to the fall of 2020. I was, oh, five years into the business. And I had done a ton of growth. I was sober. I've done EMDR therapy. I've done a ton of healing. I already had my podcast going up and running at this point, right? Um, Actually, I had most of my podcast done before this and then did nothing in 2020 because that's when I really started to struggle. And it's even noticeable in my podcast. I stopped showing up. I stopped 
giving advice because I felt like I didn't have any more. I was doing all of the things. I was doing all of the things I had always been doing. The things that I was telling other other people to do and I was still I was still struggling so hard every day. And I didn't understand. And I looked around. And it didn't seem like anyone else was struggling like I was struggling. And I know that all too well. I know that feeling all too well. I was lonely. I've kind of always been lonely in my weirdness, right? And that fall we went to, we have our annual leadership retreat. And at the end of the weekend, our last night together, we do some serious growth work. We talk to our mean girl. We talk to each other. And we write down limiting beliefs. The things that are keeping you stuck. That thing that you keep saying to yourself that you can't get past. Not only do we write it down, but we have to say it out loud. And then we burn it in the fire. And I've done this before, but this time it was different because I was desperate. And what am I always saying? Amazing things come from desperation or inspiration. It's one or the other, and it's usually desperation for me. I have to get so desperate that I can't take it anymore, that I can't carry it anymore. And I was there. My limiting belief that I chose to share and burn was really keeping me stuck. And I couldn't push past it. And I couldn't find it anymore. There was this voice in my head that was telling me that maybe you were only made to come this far. Maybe this is all you were meant to do. Maybe this is all you have to give. But then there's this other voice inside of me that tells me that I was made for great things. I just, I didn't know what they were. I couldn't figure it out. So I got honest after that retreat about how stuck I felt in my life and in my business. And my people found me. They could see the desperation. They could tell that I needed them. And I did. True to Melissa Fashion. Things were great for about six months. And then I hit a wall. And I couldn't make myself do the things. And I had my people 
So I wasn't feeling lonely anymore and things were good, but I still felt stuck. I still couldn't get over that same hurdle. I was exactly where I was the year before, only now I had, I had found my tribe. I had people to do this with me and I couldn't make myself do it. You know, I've struggled with depression for decades, anxiety, all the things. So when that 2021 trip came around, my limiting belief was so clear. It was so clear and it is one that I knew if I could get past this, I would truly be unstoppable in my own life. I'm not talking about rankings and what the fuck ever. I'm talking about in my own life. Because that's what I'm truly after. A better life. A life that I don't hate as much. It's hard being honest about that, but life is just harder for me. And now I know why. It's always been harder for me. I wasn't wrong or crazy. So back to the retreat in 2021. We're back at that lake house, only this time I was not alone. I had all of my girls with me. And I wrote down that limiting belief. I read it out loud. And I burned that motherfucker in the fire. My depression runs my business. Because that is what it felt like. I would get so far. And then the overwhelm the paralyzation, the procrastination, the avoidance, it would all come in so strong. Only at the time, I thought it was anxiety and then into depression, which is what happens eventually. So, the thing about burning those limiting beliefs in the fire, the thing about having conversations and sitting at tables with women who are growing is the conversations are different. And when the conversations are different, you get different answers. If you've been looking for answers your whole life and you keep asking at the same table, you're gonna get the same answers. And that was my problem. I kept asking the same people at the same table what was wrong with me. And they all had the same answers. And I did all the things, all the things suggested for those answers. And that it wasn't it. It wasn't it. So I continued to feel broken. I continued to feel damaged. I continued to feel like a lost cause. And that's so fucking exhausting. I can't even. Only now, my people, they're a year in. They've been on this growth path for a year now. So our conversations 
are different, right? So the same things that I had been asking and getting the same answer, things like, so I saw this about ADHD and I think I might have it. And that person says, oh yeah, so do I, everybody has that. So I just brushed it off as, okay, well, that's not it. That's not the missing piece for me. Until I said that same thing to my person. The person who saw the desperation and saw the change. And she wanted that too. And all of the things that click for me They eventually click for her. She comes around. (laughs) And if I had not gotten desperate enough to share a year ago, not only would her life not have changed as much as it has, she would have never said the things to me to change mine. Because when I sent her a post or a meme and I said, dude, like, I really think I have this. She didn't say something like, oh yeah, or everyone has that. She said, you know I'm diagnosed with ADHD and I'm medicated for it, right? And I said, No, because I had never talked to anyone that had made it to the other side. No one had ever shared that piece of their life with me. So, she told me that she was diagnosed because she was getting her daughter evaluated. She was checking everything off. And then I asked her about the meds because may I refer you back to, I think episode five, you are not alone, but it's kind of sprinkled throughout. I've tried meds. I've tried a lot of meds, too many meds at once meds that people didn't listen to me about. Like, I have been misdiagnosed, over-medicated, unheard, and overlooked for decades. But all of the meds I had ever tried, they took a piece from me. And not just, like, a piece. It felt like the whole dang piece. Like, it took everything that makes me me. It took it all away. I feel a lot. We will definitely get back to this, but I definitely have very strong emotional dysregulation, severe, whatever you want to call it. I feel a lot. I always have. So when they took all of that away, I felt nothing. And then 
I couldn't make myself do any of the things because that's how ADHD works. But we'll get to that. So another thing she told me, which this was truly the game changer for me. This is when it really started to not only make sense, but I was extremely hopeful. I was so hopeful. And she knew, she knew how desperate I was. And she thought, well, maybe she is desperate enough to take this because she was scared to tell me this one. I have done a lot of work to come to terms with the fact that I have depression and anxiety. I own it. It's part of who I am and everyone knows it. So she was a little nervous to tell me that depression and anxiety are often symptoms of ADHD. When she told me that she too was also diagnosed with anxiety and depression and she tried med after med. Also, all of the things. Our stories were so similar in that way. She thought I knew. She almost didn't tell me because she thought that I actually knew and that I just chose not to get a formal diagnosis or be medicated because she knows that I've tried meds and I'm not a fan and I much prefer cannabis. Cannabis is the only thing that's actually ever been helpful for my ADHD. But regardless, she did. And I want to say thank you for like the millionth time. Because my life again will never be the same. I couldn't stop talking about it. I couldn't. I mean, I had a million questions for her. And then she told me that first day, one day, one pill, I knew, she said. And I was like, what? Because antidepressants take like, I don't know, fuck, like three to six months. It's ridiculous. You have to wean on. You have to give them time to even build up in your system to start feeling the effects. And then if you want to try a new one, you have to wean down, try a new, like it's, it's a whole fucking process. And it's a nightmare if you don't know what one works for you. So to hear someone tell me that has also been through that, that it was one pill on one day. And I was like, um, okay, I'm listening. Tell me more. And that's all it took. As we talked more, I knew I wanted to try meds because why not? I've tried everything else. Tools, I've got them. You know, I do the things. I've tried all the things. And I didn't think that I should still be struggling as much as I was. She said three days in, she knew her life would never be the same. And I was like, all right, sign me up. How the fuck do we do this? 
So why does this diagnosis matter? Well, um, I think I just covered that, but let me give it another go. Whether your ADHD struggles, because we all have them, whether they are a mild hindrance or they feel severely crippling, you are trying to navigate in a neurotypical world with a non-neurotypical brain. And that comes with a price, whether you realize it or not. If we're not aware of the ways that we are motivating ourselves to do things, it can cause more damage in the end. So for those of you listening who might be thinking, huh, well, maybe I should look into this. I want to share this with you. Maybe you're thinking, well, why bother? Like, I'm, I don't know how old you are, X, Y, Z, right? 30s, 40s, 50s, psh. Anybody over 25, probably more like 21, has probably been overlooked, especially if you're female. It presents differently in girls and boys. Again, more on this to come, but... All of the studies were done on boys. And so we were overlooked a lot. We're still being overlooked. That's why a lot of women are figuring it out while they're diagnosing their children. So why seek a diagnosis? Well, whether you seek a formal diagnosis or not, You need to know, you need to educate yourself because a diagnosis isn't the answer. You know, um, I've really wrestled a lot with my late diagnosis. Um, I'm still processing it. It very much feels like the five stages of diagnosis over here. (laughs) And one of my ADHD people sent me something and I will never be able to remember it all with my brain. So I'm just going to play it for you. And then I'm going to share my take and experiences on it with you. Why are you so bitter about late diagnosis? I mean, you still seem to be successful. Imagine for a moment that you drive a crappy 1989 stick shift. And every time you get in your car, it is guaranteed that at least two things will go wrong. Sometimes you get off easy and it's just that your window won't go down or the trunk will close. But sometimes it's a flat tire and a transmission leak. Okay. But after a few years of this, you start carrying a full collection of tools in your car every time you leave. But over the years, you've gotten a reputation for being late and irresponsible. Now, after 30 years, you become an expert. You could rebuild that car from nothing. Does that mean that when your axle breaks in half, you're not going to be late to work? No, you're still going to be late to work. But less of those big things are going to happen, and you may not be as late as you would have been. But as far as you know, everyone drives Chevettes. Because when you arrive late to work and you say, sorry, I had car troubles, people respond with, yeah, everybody has car troubles, but everyone still manages to make it on time. 
So one day you pull aside your coworker and you say, hey, how come you're never late to work and you never miss any deadlines? And they say, I don't know, I just do. And you say, well, doesn't your car always break down? Well, yeah, we all have car troubles, but then we just get it fixed and move on. Don't you have tools? Yeah, I have tons of tools. Well, maybe your tools just aren't good enough. So you keep shopping around for new tools and you're like, I'm pretty sure I've tried all the tools and I've tried them a lot. Then one day you come across an article about Teslas and you go and you test drive a Tesla and it runs like butter. Not only is it automatic, it's self-driving. And if anything goes wrong, they bring you a new Tesla until yours is fixed. And you find out that all those people who had said that everyone has car problems had been driving Teslas this whole time. You could have had a Tesla for 30 years that you were repairing that broken down Chevette. If someone had just said to you, why do you drive a Chevette? You should drive a Tesla. So yes, I'm fairly functioning. Yes, I'm fairly successful. But look at how much work it took to get here. How much more successful could I have been if I had put in that amount of effort with a Tesla? Here's the hardest part. I was lucky enough to come from a family who became experts at repairing Chevettes. Imagine not having that. And your only coping mechanism was to just go to the repair van every time. And you rack up way more debt than you can handle. Or you just keep trying to fix it because you can't afford a mechanic. And life gets so difficult that you turn to drugs or you just take your own life. Simply because no one told you that you're driving a Chevette and you could be driving a Tesla. So yeah, I'm bitter because I've lost friends to that. And as long as I'm here on Earth, I'm going to get as many people in Teslas as I can. Okay, I get it. Do you get it? Because I'm over here fucking choked up listening to that because it's so accurate. And the ending. So I want to say that I love my family. And I think that they really did truly do their best. But they were not good mechanics. They were not good at fixing Shabbats. I, I was a lot of work. I was a lot of everything. And it was very clear very early on that I was too much to handle. So often, no one did. And so, yeah, I'm a little bitter, too. And it's been hard. You know, I've always known that I've carried a heavy load. And I've always known that it was for a reason. And so, of course, I'm sitting there trying to figure out the reason that I struggled for so long that I had to struggle so hard that every day for a fucking decade I chose to go to bed and fight again the next day over what she said. 
drinking too much and just ending my life. Because I can't tell you how many days I thought death would be easier. It was like every fucking day. But probably thanks to my ADHD and the ability to over-self-analyze, I've come to the realization that I had to go through all of that. I had, I had to fight through that hell for 39 years, as debilitating as it was, because I had to know how it felt. I had to know how truly terrible it is to be stuck driving that fucking Chevette while everyone else is driving a Tesla. And I think God knew that once I figured it out, I would run back into the flames with buckets of water. And just like she said, her metaphor is to get everyone into a Tesla. Mine is to unlock the gates to the prison that I was kept in, that those women are still kept in. So what do you do if you think you're driving a Chevette? You gotta learn, you gotta study your owner's manual because that Chevette came with an owner's manual, but you have been trying to fuel it and drive it in a Tesla world. You're putting in the wrong kind of gasoline. You don't fit in the like recharge stations because like we don't recharge the same way. Nothing works and functions the same way. So knowing that you're driving a Chevette, yeah, it's, it's pretty devastating if you find out late in life. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you. You might want to find a therapist and work through it. Just find a healthy way to work through it. Seriously. Seriously. I am on the wait list for, uh, for telehealth therapy because there is a lot that I need to work through from my childhood and my 20s because I don't want to... I don't want to carry that with me. It's hard and it hurts. And I don't want to unload it on others in a way that feels revenge-like or anything like that. Because isn't the fact that it hurt me and almost destroyed me enough? I don't want it to do that to someone else. Like I'm really truly all about can the pain just die with me? <laughs> so, how do you learn? How do you study your owner's manual? There are books about ADHD. I have listened to two already, and just listening to those two books have answered so many questions. And then, those of us that have ADHD, give us some time on it. You know, we have, it takes us some time to ruminate and gather shit up there because it's kind of a mess. But we really do tend to over self-analyze. 
which leads us, it can lead us to really huge aha moments in our life with just a little knowledge. When we learn how our brain works, we can start to put together all the pieces. Oh, this is why I do this. Oh, holy shit. That's an ADHD thing. Here's the thing. A lot of us with ADHD have been programmed and conditioned by the neurotypical world, society, friends, family, co-workers, strangers, neighbors, everyone and everyone that doesn't have ADHD into internalizing our ADHD symptoms as personality traits. And that's when it becomes damaging. And that's what we have to unlearn because we have (laughs) truly you've taken on a lot of those things you're late you're lazy you're distracted you're ditzy you're chatty you are rude you're abrasive a lot of these things you're too much you're too emotional you're dramatic a lot of those all of those things right we've taken them on as who we are But that's not who we are. That's just the way our brain works. So when you start to understand that, you can disassociate the two. And then you don't carry all that with you. Right? And then we can focus on the gifts and the strengths that we have that our ADHD brain has, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link the two books that I have loved so far below. But it is A Radical Guide for Women with ADHD. That one, I listened to that one first. I think it was really good on helping me. I mean, with the second one, I would have totally got there too. But helping me kind of realize this is me. I remember listening to this book thinking, holy shit, someone is saying something that makes total fucking sense in my brain. Like, I've said those things before. Like, how does she know? Like, yes, I say that. Yes. Like, I struggle with that. Yes. Like, it's validation. It's validating to know that it's real. I didn't do this to myself. I didn't make this worse. It's not all in my head. I mean, it kind of is. It's my brain. But you know people have said that shit to to me my whole life. It's in other episodes. We have a lot of things that are going to trigger us going forward. You need to learn about your diagnosis. I really do think that if somebody diagnosed me now, knowing what I know now about me and where I am now, like over the last seven years doing all this work and then getting the diagnosis and the meds, well, I've been building skills and tools for the last seven years to help me manage my ADHD. I just didn't realize that that's what I was doing. But it also means... I'm really equipped to help women do that too. Trust me on this one. You deserve to know. The other book that I recommend is 
your brain's not broken. This one is also really good for comparing the ADHD brain to the neurotypical brain. I had my husband listen to this one after I was finished and he really liked it. It's helpful for him to understand how my brain works. I'm so thankful that I have a marriage that has such strong communication because we have been having some of the most like intense, crazy, like thought-provoking conversations and some of them are just pretty basic, but I'm realizing things. And so when I realize that I do things based off my ADHD or if I need him to do something differently for my ADHD, I'm able to explain it and express it in a way That makes sense for us both. And that's so helpful. That wasn't done with therapy. That wasn't medication. That is me just learning about my brain and how it works and how I do the things. There is so much you can do on your own to help yourself or to understand others. I hope this episode was helpful. I hope you got something out of it, and I really hope that if you've been listening to me all this time and we connect on a level that you never understood and this is speaking to you in a way that it never has and it's always spoken to you, let's talk. I'm running an ADHD boot camp this February. Registration has already closed. I'm sorry, but I'll be running another one in March. You can get on the pre-registration list, and I would love to help you figure some shit out. (laughs) So, I want to end this with not everyone who has ADHD needs medication. And that's a whole other episode in itself. Believe me. Trust me. You will want to check back for episode 24, The Ugly Truth about medication. I'll see you then. Thanks.